Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is some This is the game where we find out if this is the bullshit. Damn, that's Sua, new bro. And alongside with me is Co-Credo Dante. Dante, what's good with you, fam? Man, everything is good. I'm being a little messy right now because I'm reading about Elon Musk sleeping with the Google dude wife. You heard about that? Yeah, I heard that he uh put his uh spaceship in Uranus. I can't say Uranus because it's a woman. But anyway... <laughs> I got my homegirl, Baby K, with the AK on for the first time. Rah, rah, rah. Sparks, you know what to do with that background noise. Hey, yo, Keish, what's good with you, my girl? You know, just chilling, looking at Will Smith's apology with his little petty shirt on and, you know, saying a prayer for my dude. Did you see that petty hat that he had on, though? Did you see that? I did, but you know what? I'm pretty sure somebody buy it on eBay for a cool half a mil. Yeah, Wario want his uh, he want his clothes back. Wario, it's me, Wario. What the hell, Mario? Why would you give Will Smith my hat? There's some BS going on. All right, let's play the game. Here is a story where FIFO Foreman just got maced by Pastor Betha. According to UpRocks.com, in an episode of the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, they are getting too much pub on my podcast, Dante. They're getting too much pub. Too much. You know, I think this is like the third or fourth episode in a row. Too much. They're getting more advertisement than I do on my own goddamn show. Speaking of that, everybody pick up some Nodja Grill. Hurry up, please. We're getting that money. All right, anyway. <laughs> in an episode of the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, FIFO Foreign revealed that he signed the deal with Mace's label, which is called Rich Fish, without hesitation and was granted a $5,000 advance. FIFO said, Mace was like, yo man, just sign that you bugging. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read it. And he's like, nah, just sign it. It's good. So I just signed it. FIFO at the time didn't have an understanding of major label politics and anticipated that his advance would last him much longer than it actually did. Grow up. Every every artist goes through this. You, you Hey, do you want to be famous or not? Shut up. Anyway, that hit, he said. I thought that was going to last until whenever it was going to last. $5,000? That didn't last two weeks. Exactly. It's $5,000. The podcast host, Wallow267, was visibly disheartened by the little amount Mace gave Fivo. Probably because Diddy gave Mace a similar deal in which he purchased the publishing rights to his music for only, get this y'all, $20,000 in 1996. Mace has since voiced his disdain toward Diddy through a diss track called Oracle 2, Standing on Bodies. Keisha, Dante, is it the bull that the Apple name Mace doesn't fall too far from the Diddy? Oh, <laughs> oh all I'm saying is, it's like, you know, the irony is the word of the day for that, because that's some bull right there. That's some bull I agree. That's some bull I mean, I feel like Mace, if it's a problem, just go straight to Diddy. I mean, it can't be that bad that y'all can't sit down, have a, have some tea or some Ciroc and just talk it out. Like, come on now. All right, y'all. So the next one is a video, but let me go ahead and open the video up with this intro. The infamous Pink Sauce saga continues. We breathed a sigh of relief when Pink Sauce creator Chef Pie or Chef P or Chef P.I. Is P.I.I. Should I just say Pie? P 
pi, p, it's all the same. Same difference. 3.14 for all you brilliant people that know what pi is. Anyway, <laughs> Pink Sauce creator Chef Pi optimistically said in a video that her viral sauce was currently in the lab testing and was closer to being pitched to stores. She sounds like a rap artist. Don't you? Yo, when your album coming out, we in the lab right now testing it. You know what I'm saying? We about to pitch that. You know what I'm saying? Get that thing popping. <laughs> <laughs> we on your MTV raps with Conceited. What's up? Nah, anyway. <laughs> well, now, roughly one week after that reveal, a clip from a live stream has drawn criticism due to the Miami based chef comments about FDA approval. I'm not afraid. I'm not doing anything wrong. I am following FDA standards. So, y'all keep talking about FDA approved. What do you mean, FDA approved? I don't sell medical products. The pink sauce is not a medical product. The pink sauce don't contribute to your health. I never said that. All right, you heard the clip. Keisha, Dante, is it the book that FDA stands for fentanyl drug approved? Oh, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Hold on, yo. In, in, in the words of the, the greatest Hindi badge that ever lived, hold on. Yo. Yes, yes. Hold on. That's that book. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna go ahead and say normally what he have on our late night flight. Wow. Okay. 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 Listen, I mean, I've never heard of pink sauce, but it, it is the bullshit. I, I'm not gonna mess with it either. I, I don't want nothing to mess up my uh, gastro inch, whatever that's called. I don't want none of that messed up, and uh, I, I, I like going to the bathroom regular. <laughs> hmm. Pink sauce. August favorite drink. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody heard about this pasta. Everybody heard about this pasta that has, we well, allegedly robbed his own church. Now, before we start this passage, I just want to say, both of you watched The Wire, correct? Y'all have watched The Wire in your lives, correct? Do you remember Brother Mazum? This is what this guy looks like. So his new name is Pastor Mazum, okay? That's his name. From The Wire, that is his new name, all right? That is his name. His name is Pastor Mazum. I know he got a new name. What well, a new name. His, his original government name in this uh in this passage that I'm going to read. But his name is Pastor Muzon. And finally, according to CNN, a flashy Brooklyn pastor known for wearing designer outfits and extravagant jewelry said he was robbed along with his wife for more than $1 million while he was preaching at a church a couple of Sundays ago. Police said they received a report that three people entered the leaders of Tomorrow Church with firearms, removed the jewelry from Pastor Lamar Miller Whitehead, but we know his name is Pastor Muzon. Pastor Muzon. But Pastor Lamar Miller Whitehead, who goes by Bishop. So Bishop Muzon and his wife, Mrs. Muzon, they were wearing all their jewelry. Police noted that the investigation is ongoing. Part of the reported incident was captured on video from inside the church. A portion of the live stream was obtained by CNN and CBS before it was removed and shows at least one uh, perpetrator holding a gun on the pastor and interrupting his sermon. All right. All right. All right. It is what pastor. Oh, I'm sorry. This is what Bishop Muzon says in the video as he raised his hands. You know, you got to raise your hands like you just don't care and lowered himself to the ground, which is crazy. You raise your hands like you just don't care. Then you fall on the floor, non-balanced out. Anyway, that's a different workout move. The video is no longer available on the church's live stream, but Pastor Muzon, I'm sorry, Bishop Muzon told CBS what happened. That's all right. All right. That's all right. 
is pretty much stating that I don't want, I'm not going to do anything, right? Because, you know, y'all coming from me. I know y'all coming from me. Y'all coming straight to me. And I don't want my parishioners hurt. This is what uh, Bishop Muzon said, which is funny, Dante, which is funny, Keisha, because even though in the live stream, he don't want nobody to get hurt. It's that guy that's to the left of him, just still on the chair, not moved at all. I would have just thought that he would also put his hands in the air like he don't care and also lay down nonviolent. But anyway, let me continue. I got women and children here. As I got down, one went to my wife and took all of her jewelry and had the gun in front of my eighth month old baby's face. Took my bishop's ring, my wedding band, and took off my bishop chain. Damn. Damn, and the wedding band? Listen, it's a wedding band. It's not even no bling to the wedding band. You can at least let the person keep their wedding band. My God, yo, sheesh, sheesh. And then I had chains on underneath my robe. And then he started tapping my neck to see if there was anything else. So that means they knew. They knew. They knew. They watched and they knew that I had other jewelry. Bishop Muzon said they were gunmen with firearms raised to the deacons at the door as well. There were about 20 to 25 members in the church present. That's ridiculous. How this man has $1 million worth of jewelry with him, between him and his wife, and they only have 25 people in their church. They must have the 1% of black American Haitians in that church. Something, yo, that, that don't make any sense. Dante, talk to me. That's what I'm still trying to figure out. It was like, you had that much, you know, jewelry on you in that amount. I'm looking at the facility where you guys were at. I'm looking at the people or lack thereof. I'm looking at the dude, like you said, that was chilling out in, in the corner like he was watching Sunday night football or something. And you lost that much money in jewelry and stuff? Like, nah, I don't trust it. Listen, um, unless those 25 people are putting $50,000 in that tithe box, in which in which case Creflo Dollar is like, come on in. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Let I me would say, uh -huh. uh, unless those members are like all every member of this church are part of a hedge fund. Yes. Yes. That was crazy. Yes. 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 Oh, the only the only black Republican club. Anyway, listen. Let's continue. Here we go, Keisha. The NYPD said they received a report that the suspects took more than $1 million worth of jewelry, we just talked about that, and then fled the location on foot. They reportedly entered a white Mercedes-Benz vehicle and were seen traveling eastbound on Avenue D. Bishop Muzon is offering a $50,000 reward for information from anybody that would lead to the arrest of the people that robbed them on that Sunday. I want justice. I want these men arrested. This is what he said in an Instagram video posted Monday. Akisha, uh, what do you think he actually said in that Instagram video? He should have said, I want myself arrested because <laughs> who, first of all, first of all, it's only 25 people in the church, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You got on all this jewelry for what reason? Mm -hmm. Like, what? where are you going? I mean, I know you flashy, but... Well, he's going to church, uh, Keisha. Bes besides church, because he must be going to the club after church need all them chains on, first of all, okay? And what is a bishop chain? What is that? Is Did the bishops get special chains with... Come on now. Keisha, Keisha, stop it. You know the bishop chain is the Jesus piece. Let me continue. <laughs> <laughs> he also said... <laughs> He also said the security system inside the church is going to change and that he plans to hire a therapist for the church to talk to members and children on how to cope with what happened. 
Dante, I ask you. Keisha, Keisha, I ask you. Keisha, Keisha, I ask you. But Dante, I ask you. Yes, sir. What's up? Keisha, are you ready, Keisha? What's up? I'm ready. Dante, are you ready? I'm here, bro. I'm ready. Is it the bullshit that three deacons robbed the church just so Bishop Muzum from The Wire could then rob the insurance company? Do we got to answer that? <laughs> it's like the good fellas. It's like the good fellas. Just like the good fellas. Thank you. F- you. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on a Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash and burn 40 on the Yeah, I'm making nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a blacker nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the Now River of New Jersey. The pilot of Tuskegee Training, the greatest honey badger who has ever lived, the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nasor Nuru. What up, my passengers? We are first in priority. Donate to the Cash App Dollar Sign, the Late Night Flight, to get this work from minorities. The late night flight, oh, you never heard of it? Turn up the turbulence. Catch us on these Apple Podcasts and these Spotify services. iHeartRadio, YouTube, and the late night QR scan. Download Audible, download Amazon, just to hear us back and forth like a U-Haul fan. Hey, I started out not ahead of you. Now look at me, young pilot with a better view. Making sure you can hear all 97 episodes wherever, wherever, where. Ever podcast are available. Now let's take off. <laughs> no, no, all jokes aside, the reason why I'm saying Tyler Perry may be leaving BET Plus in 2024 is because I believe, I believe, even though Tyler Perry has made programming, I don't want to call it good programming, I don't want to call it great programming, I want to call it programming, but it is programming nonetheless programming that the black American community watches and keep eyes on. Dig me here. He has a show called Assisted Living. This is like the third installment of television that that dude from Meet the Browns is on. This dude from Meet the Browns is eating from Tyler Perry, ladies and gentlemen. So their show, Assisted Living, which has been on, this show has been on for three seasons now. It averages 500,000 viewers. Now, that's not super a lot, but at the same time, at the same time, I do have to say in this new world where, again, shows are across the board. They're like, they're great shows all over the place from Tubi to Netflix to CBS to Fox to USA Network to TBS is great programming everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So that's not bad. And then on top of that, what about the Oval? The, the knockdown of the have and the have nots, the stepped on version of the have and the have nots, okay? Yeah. The Oval averages 900,000 to a million viewers, all right? Wow. Then you have Sisters, which is girlfriends, but really black, okay? Yes. <laughs> this is like, my girl. And then you see one of the sisters like, shut that shit up, girl. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. This is Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> this 
this show averages 900,000 to a million viewers. So say what you want about BET, which only has 1.5 million subscribers on their streaming platform. So think about that. 1.5 million subscribers. They all pay $9.99. That's only $10 million technically. You still got to pay production people, your executives, your actors, your actresses, the writers. It's not really a lot of money, $10 million. That's true. But even still, I guess mm-hmm. that would make sense when you're Tyler Perry, why he does things the way he does it, where just everything's mine. Because, you know, the what's coming back may not be as impressive, but if I'm doing and holding everything, then sure, we can make it work. You know, I'm glad you said that. And, and I'm not trying, because I'm not trying to get into Tyler Perry. I know you're a fan of right. Tyler Perry. And I'm glad that bit. you said that. I'm glad you admitted that, that he whores money Vince McMahon style. I'm glad you said yep. that. Because here's the thing. I could get into the whole, hey, look, you don't really put a lot of people on, but I, I don't want to go there no more. I'm, I'm done with that uh, yeah. theory with Tyler Perry because, real quick, because, listen, if you are on a movie or on TV in today's world, eyes are on you. You have an Instagram, right. you have a Twitter, you have management. Yo, once that man puts you on television, that is your time to shine. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I am not blaming Tyler Perry. I'm just making the point that I have met no one other than Tiana Taylor and Bow Wow, basically people that already were popular beforehand, or and Kiki Palmer. I never seen them get on. That's all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see you make me, Nasur Nuru, get on. Like, as soon as I get on your movie, and that, first of all, that would be an achievement for you. Like, I will present the, uh, the Academy Award personally to you, which I don't know. Now that I'm saying that out loud, that would be kind of weird because Tyler Perry. But anyway, listen, I'm just saying, yeah, Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying because Tyler Perry you never put a short man on you know what I'm saying just put me on put me on dog you know what I'm saying show black America that that you think short black guys are just as handsome as the tall muscular ones that you put on okay <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing here's the thing Let, let's get to the point real fast because I'm uh-huh. talking too much I'm talking too much and I'm being I'm trying to be funny um, I'm not trying to be funny. I meant to say I'm trying to be for real. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm having a good time over here. Yeah. HBO Max, the streaming platform for HBO. You know how many uh, subscribers they have? And they just started maybe about four years ago. You know how many, uh, you know how many subscribers they have, bro? Nah, nah. According to the how Hollywood, according to the Hollywood reporter, 76.8 million subscribers. Wow. So mind you, that costs $15. You yeah. can do the math on that. You see how much money, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a whole different production. Yes. Which brings me to my thing. HBO has a couple of shows out right now. We talked about that damn Michael Che. We already gave our flights about that. You can check out last week's episode about that. But more importantly, I saw this show called Rap Shit. I loved it so much. I had the whole group, I had the whole Pop Avengers gang, KT and Keisha included, check that out. What did you think about Rap Shit real fast, if you don't mind me asking you? I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it from, from the presentation yes. to the story. Yes. I loved it because that's that's just that's classic Issa Rae. So I wasn't surprised at how good that and how much I enjoyed the show. I thought it was dope. Who wrote the show? Was Issa uh behind that show? Yep. Yep, that's that's Issa Rae. All right, let me let me say this. I'm gonna I'm be honest, she's gonna be mad at me. Women are gonna be mad at me. This show, and I don't even know how good this show is going to be. But if we're just going for episode for episode, these two episodes is better than at least 30 episodes of Insecure. I'm sorry. I'm just keeping it real. It, yeah. 
the presentation was relatable. How they used right. Instagram and stories as a way to just lay out more story in the show. Right. The yeah. actors, in my opinion, the actors and the actresses, like, I'm going to just be honest, it, you know, it's fine. Like, they're, yeah. they're okay. Like, let's, let's let them grow and see what that looks like. But it's the presentation of the show, the writing. So yes, if you're telling me Issa is a part of it, I could definitely see that because the writing is chef kiss. It's really good. And I think it's something that Black Americans should watch. It's so relatable. It's so into what we are as, um, the, well, I say we, me and you, Dante, as former musicians, former songwriters. So right. I, I definitely saw myself. Like I don't know if you saw yourself in the female that was more in like working at the hotel Yep, absolutely. and dropped out of college. That was me. I'm like, oh, this, yep. I understand this sister. And of course, when you you dive into music, you de- you dealing with other egos, other people with other experiences. I definitely understood City Girl too, her her friend. Yep, and I understand yep. that creative differences with each other because they have different backgrounds. Even though that's yo, I love when we're twenty something years old and you realize that your dream. Not talking about music. I'm just talking about like whether you're going to college or whatever trade school, and that may not work out because you don't know yourself really yet. You've been pushed by your family or others to say, hey, go to college. But you're like, fine, I'll go, but I don't really even know what I should be doing. And it's a waste of time and money for everybody part. And then yep. you may want to wait till you're 25 and know yourself and like, yo, right, you know what? Now I'm ready. I kind of know what it is I really want to do and what I can do to make money and not be uh, feeling no type of way when I come home to my family, to my wife and kids, whatever the case may be, right? And to see that happen with these two women and that dynamic, I was like, yo, the Black American experience is not on BET. It is on HBO. Matter of fact, let's go even deeper, bro. Let's go even deeper. Do you know what I think the greatest, and even though this is going to say a lot about myself when I say this, but I'm dead ass when I say this, Dante, do you know what I think was the most Black American thing HBO has ever produced? Do you know? What's What's that? I'll give you one guess. Give me a guess. Tell me the blackest thing that you think HBO has ever produced. I would have to hang my hat on Def Comedy Jam. Wow. I ain't even go there. That's the second blackest thing they ever produced. Okay? Because I was going to, I thought you was going to say The Wire, which is not even produced Uh, by, that's not even produced by a black American, but I'm just saying that was, that was for black America. That turned us into straight up cops and lawyers. We was ready for that show. Hold on, bro. You can't do that. Stringer Bell, you can't do that. <laughs> That's three to five. You better watch yourself. Yeah, I would have to agree. The Wire was literally black, especially during that time. That was a literal mirror yes. of black America. And we all turned into paralegals. Yes, we did. But look, check me out. I'm not even talking about that. Look, we, we over here excited, exuberated right now. And I'm not even talking about that. The blackest American thing, the most black American piece of content they have ever put out. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm showing you or telling you this. Pimps up, hose down. The wow. documentary. Like, yo. I forgot that was even on that platform. Dog. And, and it was the rawest thing that my little 10, 11, 12 year old eyes have ever <laughs> saw. Like, <laughs> like yo. <laughs> this, this place is blacker than BET. It really is. And and I'm not trying to knock BET because we know the history. In 2000, the great Robert Johnson, he he sold uh, BET to Viacom for $3 billion. B- 
he became the first black American billionaire in American history. We already know Oprah, LeBron, and other people, Jay-Z, Beyonce, they was going to follow up after that, but he was the first. Shout out to him. First. Shout out to him. Um, and in his mind, he said, yo, if I sell this to Viacom, Viacom is a media company that owns CBS and they own MTV and VH1, all these networks. They're going to have access to media. They're going to have access to all these camera work. They'll be able to produce They'll be able to produce more programming, not just videos, programming. And what happened is that, yeah, that happened. But look how many times they struck out. It took a lot of shows for them to get to being Mary Jane. And then also, more importantly, it took time after that to get to Tyler Perry. Say what you want about Tyler Perry, but he has made watchable content. That's facts. So let me just ask you real quick, because I I think I just talked all day, all night. (laughs) Dude, is HBO blacker than BET? I just think given the track record and the win-loss ratio, because you really have to factor in how many times have they've gotten it right. And I would have to say there's an overwhelming uh, advantage when it comes to HBO as far as the content they created that black people flocked to because they were able to relate. With BET, it was kind of like a crawl before you walk, before you run type thing. They had to stumble a lot because you had people who didn't relate to the culture that was trying to give us something. And we was like, yeah, there's black people acting, but you might as well make this Seinfeld or Friends or something. But I'll have to HBO. You talk about The Wire, the, the documentaries, Pimps Up, Holes Down. You talking about Def Comedy Jam. Like those three are like iconic. Oz. What about Oz? Oz. Like, bro, go to any black person who remember any any of these shows and they're going to start quoting things as if it was like the Bible. Because that's just how relatable and how impactful it was. So I never even thought about it like that. But just considering these two platforms and I, I would have to say who related and reached out and impacted black culture more, I would have to say it would have to be HBO. Not HBO Max, because that's different. But HBO. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I got a few questions. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. What's up? I'm ready. All right, so nah, but for real, why haven't we talked about the Kevin Samuels autopsy report yet? Because women killed them four months ago. We talked about this. (laughs) I agree, but I mean, you know... it's kind of hard to see that he passed away from the same thing he assumed Lizzo would pass away from. I'm just saying. Pussy? <laughs> you know, listen, that, that could be a thing. You know what I'm saying? What would they say in the uh, color purple? He died on top. <laughs> he was on top of me. Despite the lyrics of LL Cool J, you can definitely call this a comeback. More than 30 years after its first premiere, the groundbreaking series Yo! MTV Raps is back with a reimagined global spin. Take a look. Is back. It's streaming May 24th. Join hosts Conceited and DJ Diamond Cuts. This is going to be fire as they bring you the hip-hop artists who matter now. The verse is the perfect word that you use. And who will matter next? Oh, while we win it, Dante, I don't think Viacom is that smart of a company. Oh, yo, Viacom is not smart? Why is that? 
I get it. I know they own BET and MTV and they have rights to damn near every network there is on network. And we're not talking about yeah. just the cable channels. We even talking about CBS. All right. ABC. I get right. it. I get it. But here's the thing. Yo MTV raps. You remember yo MTV raps, right? Bro, who doesn't remember yo MTV raps? This is the most iconic interview hip hop show there was. Fat Five Freddy, Ed Lover, Dr. Dre. I mean, yeah, they interviewed your Rakims and your Biz Marquis, your EPMDs, but they also interviewed your Method Mans, your Biggies, your Tupacs. They were, now mind you, this is early 90s, but they were at that time the next rappers up, the next rap artists up, and yep. that turned into the golden era of rap. And I want y'all to know why your MTV raps, in my opinion, was so important. The reason why it was so important is because it allowed the everyday non to fiber the everyday student that was, you know, in school, doing uh-huh. their work, wanting to be influenced, they knew personally, at least as good as media will let you, <laughs> they yep. knew a personal relationship. They, well, they built a personal relationship with these new artists, made them relatable. You get a backstory for them. You know why Method Man was called Method Man. You'll understand right. if he went to school or if he didn't went to school. You know more than what it actually is to that artist. I thought that these new artists, these trap artists, the last 18, 19 years, they lost that because they didn't have a program that was looking to interview them and speak yeah. their story and allow their story to be petrated. I said petrated, penetrated to our brains and and let us. I don't want to say believe like we're liars, but you, you get what I'm saying is, yeah. is the story that they want to tell. And it allows us to be a part of their storyline as they evolve and grow and progress as musicians. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Cause your, your MTV raps was literally the vehicle that brought the culture to you. Yes. You know, especially during that time where there was, just, it was just so polarized what people thought, you know, it was all in politics. They were trying to paint it as this, you know, hip hop in general as this evil entity things like your MTV raps literally brought the culture to you so you can see the humanity yes. and where this culture comes from. Yes. And it, it was just iconic in that. So the reason why I'm bringing all that up is because why wouldn't you just put your MTV raps back on motherfucking MTV? I, I'm just trying to figure that one out. I don't know. It makes no know. sense. It makes no sense. Again, Yo MTV raps. If if you want to do what the uh what the no disrespect when I say this, the Jew American and the Black American that works for the Jew American in the Black American labels, and I'm calling them Black American labels because all you get to hire are Black Americans doing rap. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. It is what it is. Why would you ask the youth to pay four ninety nine or nine ninety nine to buy Paramount Plus? Because you know adults ain't buying that. This is another streaming service that does not need me to give you another four, five, ten dollars of my money. Not after Disney Plus. Wait, matter of fact, we got new names, right? It's Disney Plus and Bus. We got uh-huh. Netflix and Chill. What, what you do with Hulu? Um, is it Hulu and Do You? Hulu and Do You. Yep, there we go. Hulu and Do You. Okay. And there's more, but I don't feel like doing all that. You know what I'm saying? I think it's to be in Haitian. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so here we are. 
<laughs> we about to recap your MTV raps and and it is hosted by DJ Diamond Cuts. Have you heard of DJ Diamond Cuts, by the way? I have not. I, I haven't heard of her. So that could be strike number one. But you know what? Because she's a woman, we ain't going to go there. All right. So she's a sister from Philadelphia. All right. She's from Philly, Philly. And she's one of the baddest DJs in that town. And then yep. you have conceded. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm about to get in my Dante credo, talk my credo bag for a second. And I have to let you know that, listen, I understand conceited is a battle rap legend. He really is. And of course, he's a smurf like your boy. So I'm not going to sit here and talk too much crap about conceited. I'm actually happy that they uh, chose conceited. Listen, here's the thing. Y'all didn't allow him to have a rap career. All right. I think he did good enough. Well enough to be on Wildin' Out and be his own character where if you're going to let DC Young Fly do two bad episodes of Total Request Live, I have no problem. No problem with Viacom saying, go ahead, concede it. You can get the host our show. He doesn't do a terrible job. I just feel like Nassau Nuru can do a better one. Um, yeah, that's, that's just how I feel. That's just that's just my personal opinion. And, and that, that's just me. Other than that, I do think that he carries the show pretty well. It can, like I said, it could be done better, but it's well. I think that it's a little too glossy, even though it's done like in that warehouse loft time. They're trying to give you that backdoor warehouse yeah. look, like as if you was at a party at like a, a art warehouse, you know, some one of them brick warehouses right. on the ninth floor loft, whatever. You know what I'm saying? They try to do that move. I like that. It's just the fact that it was a little too glossy. That's just me, though. That's 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 that could be a little bit too much uh criticism on my behalf, but in my opinion, this is what my two eyes was looking at. I just saw a right. lot of 2022 aesthetics where everything's just got to look real clean. But you're talking about artists that are up and coming. There's no raw. There's no grit to it. Conceited just he got to be like hip hop morning show guy and it don't come off well. He doesn't really get to explain anything. He's just asking regular questions that no disrespect. The normal Instagram would just ask you like, hey, tell me where you're from. Why are you doing right, exactly. this? Exactly. DJ, DJ Diamond Cuts, you want to ask, you want to ask the, uh, the, rap, the, rap, the new rap person a question? Yeah, um, listen, uh, who influenced you? It's like, oh my God. It's like, this motherfucker's on a date. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I ain't sleeping with Conceited. <laughs> so yep. anyway, let me just give you my flights real fast. Obviously, you already seen everything that I feel about it. So I'm going to just give it three and a, I'm going to say a three and a half. No, no. Three flights is good. It's good. It's not great. It's not bad. It's good. What you think? I'm going to have to give it two flights. Okay. And here's why I'm going to give it two flights. Because, first of all, yeah. well, he, here's, I'm, I'm going to say something nice. Okay. Before I give my assessment. I like that. Like a manager. The, for the, the, the first thing that, you know, made me feel like I was tapping and living in the culture that we all grew up in, that America just idolizes and monetizes. Yes. Is, first of all, I had to bootleg the show. Because I wasn't paying four ninety nine, I appreciate you. Plus. I, so yeah. you know, so it put me back in like in that barbershop where the dude comes in with the bootleg DVDs. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. I'm tapping back into the culture, so I'm bootlegging your MTV raps. So when I look at your <laughs> MTV raps, you know, I'm like, okay, what type of? Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna say this for for those who want to create content for the culture, everything doesn't have to be four K. You don't have to do everything in 4K. You know, I get it. That's that's the thing. It it is is what Nas said. It's too glossy for me. 
because as he said, it looked like it was done in a ninth floor loft. I could see that it was a ninth floor loft. I was like, just go straight to the abandoned building, set up your equipment and get it done there. I need to see the dust. I need to see the grind. Now it, now it can be in 4K, but I just need I just needed to be in that abandoned building like you're talking about or the, or the ninth floor project apartment. Right. I don't need the ninth floor loft. I need the ninth floor project. Yes. You know, and, and here, here's my my comparison. All right. We talked about rap shit. Yes. And, you know, yeah, it was done in good quality, but it looked like it was done through a phone. Right. Like the, the quality that you would have through a phone. Now, I understand it may not be saying much to some. Y'all got the iPhone 85s and stuff. So <laughs> everything looks like it's in 3D. I get that. But I'm just saying there's just a particular look about things where it wasn't so crisp. It wasn't so glossy and, you know, everything wasn't so, so HD, super high quality. Yeah. Even though it may have been in that format, but it still gave that gritty, like, and, and that's what I love about Issa Rae. Cause even though she's on HBO, her stuff still looks like she's putting it up on YouTube, you know? And so when you're looking at your MTV raps, it just looked real glossy. It was so much talking. So like the interviews weren't engaging. Like they will have the segue where they'll give, you know, um, salutes to the yo MTB raps of old that we grew up on. But other than that, it really wasn't that engaging. It was like, yo, and honestly, I found myself kind of skipping through like interviews that it was given. And I was like, all right, so I'll skip through. What's the next segment? There's another interview. Let, there's another interview. Yo, there's another interview. Let, so, let me, let me end this because I like what you just said. The recaps, the recaps. I was so mad at the recaps because it didn't intertwine with nothing. It was almost right. as if they was asking people that lived in the, the 80s and 90s to say, hey, remember this? I do remember this. Now, now, now watch the next, let's watch the next segment. No, no, with, with the new artist? Yeah, yeah. Watch T Glizzy. No, I don't want to do that though. Come on. Right. Show me the old. <laughs> but no, no. I want to say this real fast. When they took my homeboy conceited outside and have him do the word on the street or the this this moment in history. And he was in front of 550 State Street and it was talking all that Jay-Z history. Yeah. I was like, yo, no, no. Like, first of all, if this was Fat Five Freddy, he would be in front of 550 State Street with Hove in Memphis Bleak. It'd be a whole thing. And it would yeah. be great. I don't want to hear your this moment in history thing, especially with Conceded talking about some, yo, this was a big moment for hip hop. Like, for real, crazy moment. Crazy. We'll be right back. This is the late night flight. Anyway, listen. I, I got. A, I got a few questions for you. Ready? I'm ready. All right. If you were stranded on a desert island and you could only pick from two females, who would you pick? Oprah or Gail? That's crazy. So I can't pick my hand in this one, huh? <laughs> That's not an option. Listen, I'm going with Oprah because I'm definitely getting that boat to come back home off that island. You know that for sure. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> what the f? This, that pilot f right here. No, 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 let me tell you something. No, 
you know what? Let's have the real talk. I think um, I like them lyrically. Um, I like their vibe. Um, to you know, it's not something I personally bump in my car, and they don't make records for the clubs. So it's you know what I mean. It's like I like what they're doing over. I like what they're doing over there. Is that like a good way to put it? Yeah. All right, it's cool. Yo, Rollo, come on. <laughs> I'm serious. I like them, but I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I like what they're doing. Now, let me ask you something. Hey, yo, man, this hip-hop beef hitting different right now, Dante. Yo, it really is. Like, it is not the same. It's not the same. I mean, back in the day, even though I'm about to say something rude, I'm not saying nothing rude, I'm just being honest. The last beef that, that I remember that I grew up in, it left two of the greatest dead. No disrespect. And I'm not saying that hip-hop beef should be at that level. I'm just saying, at least in the last two years, I done seen Drake and Kanye beef to billions, billions, and billions of streams on Certified Loverboy and Donda, okay? Right. I done seen Pusha T and Drake beef to where Daytona, a Pusha T album, was a Grammy Award-nominated album. You know what I mean? Like, at, yep. le at least it helped each other get to another place. That's all That's all I'm saying. In this right. case, in this case, I don't know if a DJ, even though a DJ should be, <laughs> they should be the key to success, but maybe they are being the gatekeeper of success as well. Now, Kanye, I uh, said Kanye, Conway, <laughs> Conway East of uh, Buffalo <laughs> Conway the Machine He put out a, uh, a Instagram post Here's some of the words New York, in my opinion You gotta get rid of them old You gotta get them old out the way Like flexing them We gotta get rid of y'all Like some new tapped in Really tapped in with the street ass uh, We need those DJs And we need them to run that shit up there Hot 97 and all that Yo, no disrespect. Now, this is a uh, what they call a lyrical miracle. Am I right about that? It is called lyrical miracle. Yes. Where are the uh, where is the uh, the articulate uh, verbal bars, bro? Where 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 is that at? Where is <laughs> where is the lyrical in these words, yo? Like we got to get rid of y'all, like some new tapped in, really tapped in with the streets as it's like. <laughs> You know, people. What about people, uh, Conway? Come on, come on, bro. Anyway, you weirdo DJ think that you run New York. Y'all is lame clowns. I hate motherfucking the media. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, DJ. I, I gotta do too. <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> just some of y'all in New York City, man. Y'all just be doing the weirdo, bro. Like for real. Y'all gotta move out the way, which enters. Funkmaster Flex, which I gotta say, yo, watch yourself when you're dealing with Funkmaster Flex, because don't get me wrong, Funkmaster Flex is a gatekeeper, and that's what we're going to talk about, Dante, but yo, <laughs> he is a troll that will run you down, like, this is not, oh, this, yeah. is, this is Pitbull, wait, you gotta say Pitbull, this is a big dog Pitbull, <laughs> this is this guy, <laughs> this is this guy, watch yourself, so, he says on Instagram, so, Let's begin. You're managed by Rock Nation, which is Jay-Z. Signed to Shady Records, which is Eminem. Distributed by Interscope Records, which is a major label. Jimmy Alvin's major label. 
You and your team have had a feature from Jay-Z, Eminem, Lil Wayne, J. Cole, Jadakiss, Travis Scott, French Montana, and more. Wasn't you on that Donda album? I'm going to give you the advice that Paul Rosenberg should have gave you. You're a 40-plus bar rapper. I don't know why he said it like they should have said you're a 40-plus-year-old bars rapper. But we know what we're talking about. That's the lyrical miracle. You're a 40-plus-year-old bars rapper, sorry lyricist, that has had every resource possible. If you're not happy with your career as of today, with all them cosigns that you have, I think you have peaked, my guy. So, Dante, let me paint the picture for you. Okay. This is what happened. Conway received a uh, video that showed Bumpmaster Flex talking to Gilly the Kid and Wallow from the Million Dollars of Worth podcast. You know their podcast. Uh-huh. All yep. right. And they asked them about the Griselda. Is that how you pronounce they, uh, their yep. team? Yep. So they asked about the Griselda homies. So Funk Flex said, yo, I f*** with them. Damn, nobody can't talk, yo. Yo, I f*** with them. I like what they doing, but it ain't my vibe. I don't listen to that. I don't listen to that. I don't listen to it personally. That's what got Conway upset. He ain't like that. He like, damn, why you got to put your opinion out there on the streets like that for everybody to know? You ain't got to say it like that. And on top of it, you a New York homie. So we ain't got to be a cup of tea. You could have just been like, hey, yo, look, they doing anything out here. Y'all should check out their music. Check it out. If you like it, hit me up. Hit me up on my Instagram and let me know what you think about it. I'll play it. He could have did it like that. But for Master Flex, let's be honest. This is the man that was down for the payola scandal back in the day. I'm not saying he was right or wrong. In my opinion, is to me, I look at it as advertisement. That's what it is. You're paying to be advertised. You're paying for promotion. I don't like to call it payola. It's more like you're paying for advertisement. All right. That's what podcasting game is from the rip. We are trying to get advertisement. We are whores for your ad money. We need all of it. We need all of it. All right. Exactly. Just being honest. But let me know what you think about that. Do you think that, uh, Funkmaster Flex and DJs are gatekeeping. I know as a whole, I'm pretty sure as musicians, we're like, of course they are. But do you think he was absolute absurd? He was unaware with that type of statement. I'm talking about Funkmaster Flex. Well, uh, to answer the first question, absolutely. Especially of someone of Funk Flex's stature. But who he is, what he means to the game, he's absolutely a gatekeeper. Um, as far as what he said, you know what? Honestly, I don't think that he's been in the game as long as he has to be unaware of anything that he says. I feel like, you know, the things he says, they're said with a purpose because he's been in it long enough to know whatever I say, that's how the culture is going to move. And that's how mm-hmm. the culture is going to perceive whatever I say. So for him in saying that, I would say he was he was absolute because I think he knew exactly what he was saying, how he was saying it. Um, so I can understand why Conway would be upset, but at the same time, I can also understand where Funk Flex is coming from as far as the response to, to Conway's, uh, statement, as far as what he said about Flex and, you know, the old gotta get him out of here. Um, but as far as who he is, an absolute gatekeeper, if not the gatekeeper, because we knew if you needed some type of play, if you needed some credibility, if you needed a buzz, there was only two people you was going to at the time and Funk Flex was like number one on that list. It was like 1A and then you may go to K-Slay, you may go to Who Kid, but it was Funk Flex. You had to go to Funk Flex and you had to get that cosign. So, Ayo, so 
not only is Funkmaster Flex absolute, he's absolutely wrong for saying it, but he's absolute yeah. in saying it because yeah. I believe that this this is this is Funkmaster Flex because he's a right. marketer. All right, this is this is a low grade project ninth floor penthouse version of Vince McMahon. Okay, this is a man who wants to set up the industry in his eyes, in a business way. It's not even about what he likes anymore. He's just setting himself up for the business. Like Vince McMahon knows he doesn't have Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold or The Rock. He doesn't have those type of stars. And the new edition of stars like the Seth Rollins or the Roman Reigns, they're different. They're not The Rock. They don't know how to cut promos, but they're good in the ring. He didn't know how to produce that. Like, how can I just produce these people as just pro wrestlers, as just, I'm going to come out, whip your ass, and that's it. Kind of hard to do that in Vince McMahon's world because he wants characters. You know what I'm saying? That's Exactly. If you don't know. And listen, that idea has worked. Let's just keep it real. So he's not necessarily wrong. But when you don't have that in, at your disposal, you may have to do a reform. You may have to reform your formula and do something different. He didn't want to do that. And I see the same with Funkmaster Flex. Funkmaster Flex, listen, first of all, Look, I, I hate to be regional about this, Dante, but again, in North Carolina, I will hear North Carolina artists. Right. If I go to Atlanta, I hear Atlanta artists. If I go to Miami, I hear Miami artists. California, California artists. Midwest, Midwest artists. I'm not saying that you can uh, that you should be a gatekeeper or you shouldn't be a gatekeeper, but when New York artists that are uh, co-signed by Jay-Z and Eminem, yeah, play they f- music. Yo, stop being a jerk. You from New York, dog. Play the music. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I get it. We New York. You know what I'm saying? Even me from New Jersey, I got to say it. We New York. And with New York, mind you, it's a mecca. It's a. It's bigger than New York. It's bigger than New York. So whatever the hottest music is, whether it comes from the South, the Midwest, the West, guess what? New York going to play it. But that's like New any York region. Play it. But that's like any region. Like, when Jay-Z was the hottest thing on earth, guess what North Carolina played as the East Coast music? Jay-Z. Okay? Jay-Z. We're going to get back to that dope-ass bass that we do down south, but we're going to play this whole real fast. <laughs> H to the S-O. You know what I'm saying? We're going to play that. And I just don't understand why Funk Flex forgot that. Like, you got Young M.A., you have Don Q., you have Dave East, you have these Griselda homies. You can play their music. Like, you don't have to put out, yo, you know, they ain't my vibe. Because I know what he's doing. He's just basically doing like, oh, it could be my vibe if you pay me, right? Exactly. If you pay me, it could definitely be my vibe. And then yes. they gave him that, uh, I don't know if you heard that they gave him that sample of the old school song because some, somebody passed away from hip hop. I forgot his name. Um, rest in peace to the brother. And so Conway the Machine did a remix on it. It was dope and they pieced it up. But I'm like, yo, my man, like, that's what that's what he has to do. Like, that's what he got to do in order to get on? Come on, man. That's corny, man. That's corny. No all right. All right. Yes. Again, got a few questions for you. Are you ready? I love it. Are you, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Name a stripper who just happened to be a P-A-W-G. Iggy Azalea. No, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that her name be whipped cream now. Okay. All right, whipped cream. Let me see. Listen. <clears throat> My bad. That's that COVID. Hey, what's going on? John W. Davis here. I'm with Orange County Register columnist Miriam Swanson. Miriam, 
We just spoke with Coach Fred about Liz Cambage no longer being on the Sparks. I think there was a lot of fever about this on social media, a lot of people looking for answers. Fred Williams giving us some of them, but what's your opinion on Liz Cambage no longer being a member of the Sparks? Um, it's a little bit surprising, and it was also a little bit surprising that Coach Fred was surprised um, by, by her decision. Um, to have a contract divorce, a.k.a. Contract buyout. buyout. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nas, I'm going to describe a professional basketball player to you. And I want to see if you can guess who I'm describing. I hope it's Keisha in uh, basketball shorts, but continue. Well, I don't think it's Keisha in basketball shorts. Uh-huh. However, this is a professional basketball player, uh-huh. multi-time all-star, easily touted as one of the most talented players in their league. Of course, with that said, this past year, things have been really rocky, very drama-filled where the player has set other things above the game of basketball, have set different priorities, gotten real diva-like, where it was like, I want things this particular way, and if you don't give it this particular way, the way I want it, I want out. I don't want anything to do with y'all because my beliefs and what I want is greater than the teams. So they had to have a parting of ways, if you will. So with that said, with everything you've heard, who do you think I'll be describing right now in the professional basketball world? It sounds like my guy Kyrie Irving, to be honest with you. I need that to happen. You know I need him to go to L.A. I need that ring in L.A. I don't don't even live in L.A., but I want that ring in L.A. I need that to happen. I mean, I I get it. I get it. But you know me. It's it's them goons from Dade County, Miami all day. But I hear you. Okay. But ironically enough, it's not Kyrie Irving, but it is happening in Los Angeles. Oh. I'm talking about the WNBA star, Liz Cambridge. Okay. So she's having her Kyrie Irving-esque issues where, you know, her and the Los Angeles Sparks have had a contract divorce. Wait, hold on. Stop. Stop right there. Stop. What the f*** is a contract divorce, yo? Well, a contract divorce is basically where Liz Cambridge leaves the team and she takes half the assets. First of all, that can't be true. That means she only would be taking $30,000. You know these women don't get paid like that at WNBA. Well, this is true, but she's trying to take it all because there is irreconcilable differences, Mm -hmm. and now they got to figure out who's going to get custody of the kids. (sighs) So (laughs) LeBron always gets custody of the kids. He's the only one in LA that can take care of kids, all right? Right. They can be enrolled. Stop. They can be enrolled. I didn't mean to say stop like that, but I just wanted to get my joke in. (laughs) (laughs) They they can be enrolled at the I Promise School. Continue now. (laughs) That's the same joke I was about to make. So I was about to make the same joke. Go to the I Promise School. (laughs) LeBron would be their daddy. We Uh, are family. Let's go. Oh, man. So with the Lynch Cambridge situation, it's basically what I described. You know, now she's only played 25 games with the L.A. Sparks this year. And from the beginning, there was all these issues and issues such as she wanted to to use a number that the L.A. Sparks had retired. But she (laughs) wanted them to unretire the number so she can have the number. When When she couldn't have the number, listen, it gets better. When she couldn't have the number, let me tell you what the L.A. Sparks did. If she wanted the number one which there was a player on the team that already had the number. Of course, you know, players kind of negotiate to where they swap numbers and such. Right, right. But the player did not want to give up her number one. So the team was like, well, we're going to take that number from you and give it to her anyway because she's the all-star. Right, right. 
the, the player on the team got mad and in another incident, they basically suspended her from the team because she didn't want to give up her number. Now, other things happened to where, you know, she just quitting on the team, not playing, not showing up to practice and all these other things. She wanted to focus on modeling and her DJ career. Nice. And, nice. You know, so li- literally, literally doing one game. Yes. Th- this is this is how the drama reached this, this climax here. Yes. During the game, she was complaining about not getting enough touches. Her team wasn't passing her the ball the way she wanted to. I'm the all-star giving the ball. So the team got petty and basically passed her the ball for the rest of the half, the rest of the second half. All they did was pass her the ball. Now, with all the touches she got, she only got 11 points. (laughs) (laughs) Passed the ball to the big girl, little Dominique. And and she only got 11 points and they lost by 26 points that game. Passed the girl to the Um, big girl, little Dominique. She's not not a big girl, though. She's actually very model-esque. Right. Beautiful yes. woman. She's yes. a good looking woman. Liz is. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so with that said, that game, she basically quit. She said, I wish y'all the best and I'm out. And she walked out. And then the LA Sparks and Liz Cambridge came up with a contract divorce. You know, so, so I asked mm-hmm. you. Go ahead. What you want to ask me? What so I asked you. Me? Yes. Is Liz Cambridge the female Kyrie Irving? Absolutely. She is she is wielding her power the way Thor would wield that uh, that hammer. All right, this is what you' supposed to do. This is what you' supposed to do. We should call it Liz in Thunder, not Love in Thunder, whatever that was, whatever that new Thor movie is. But um, no, no, real, real, no, real quick, real quick. Here's the thing: why I am so for what Liz did. This is a four time All Star, by the way. She was drafted to go. Uh, she was in that the WNBA. Dallas team. Can you tell me what that name of the Dallas team is real fast? I don't, it I'm sorry. A, it was initially the Tulsa Shock before they moved to become the Dallas Wings. That is correct. That is correct. Because when, when it was in Tulsa, I thought it was going to be called the um, the Black Wall Street, but they didn't want to use that name. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So here's the thing about Liz and, and why I'm so for what she did, even though it's some mega diva Kyrie stuff, but in this league, I respect it, not in the NBA. See, in the NBA, they get bitch moan, do all they want, but they making $41 million a year at the end of the day. Right. Guaranteed, by the way. Guaranteed, by the way. Listen, yes. Kyrie Irving didn't want to take that coronavirus uh, vaccine, and I'm not here to say I'm for him or against him with doing it, but I'm going to just say this. Even when they gave him the pay cut, he still made like $30 million. It's like, what what kind of punishment did the man really get? Exactly. Again, we talk about the WNBA so much. And what's the biggest thing that we complain about? The fact that these sisters do not get their bag. They don't get their money. They need to get their money. And here's the funny thing. Here's the funniest thing. They grow up playing basketball. They want to be the next LeBron. They want to be the next... uh, What's Reggie Miller's sister name? Cheryl Miller. Cheryl Miller. One of the greatest female players of all time. If if and I ain't gonna lie to you, if you told me that Liz wanted uh what's my homegirl from the Sparks, the greatest spark? Oh, Lisa Leslie, I ain't even gonna hold you. I ain't even gonna hold you. You need news, don't you? You need you need uh something to get those headlines going to talk about the WNBA. I would have gave her that f- jersey. Here you go. Take it. You're a four-time all-star. Do it. I know you're not better than Lisa Leslie, but you know what? Hopefully you'll be as good as Lisa Leslie. That's all we could ask for. And she probably like, you know what? F*** it. DJing can pay me more money. Modeling can pay me more money. Man, f*** all this. I look better anyway. 
You know I already said BS about Japan. That's why I left the Olympics anyway. I'm a bad chick. I am Iggy Basketball Azalea. We'll be right back. This is the Late Night Flight. So listen, I got a few questions for you. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready, definitely. I can tell you got the shirt zipped down and you got the taco meat hanging out. Yes, yes. But anyway. Yes, I do have my meat hanging out, yes. <laughs> I said taco, oh. not meat. Oh, okay. Put that away. <laughs> okay. Alright, if you had to work out with one person in the world, who would it be? And what part of the body would y'all be working out? together well since my meat hanging out it's gonna be a woman all right so we're gonna gonna start there (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and start there let's do what you do so my homegirl josiah scott she's gonna be like really dope with your meat out though no i'm just playing but listen this homegirl she is dope she is stacked and we definitely gonna work out on some core and some legs the reason why i want to work out with her is because i've never had a date night at the gym and if i ever had a date night at the gym she'll definitely be the second woman i call you have to keep the go. I bought you the go. I'm not joking. I really bought the go. I have an apartment. That's not my problem. They barely let in there. Hello, hello, police. Yes, this is with the goat on the third floor. I'm from the country. I'll tell you the truth, Kevin. The yes. better gift would have been a sheep. Goats eat grass from the roots. Sheep just skim the top. Speaking into the mic, let me talk. Um, so what I'm listen, all I'm saying is this he should have just got a donkey instead of a goat. You know what I mean? Keisha, I feel you. That's exactly how I feel, Dante. What's the joke? You done sent me the clip in the group chat. You sent me the clip. Uh-huh. You sent me, Keisha, and KT the clip of Kevin Hart. All right, my Smurf homie giving yeah. uh the great Chris Rock a goat. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this makes sense. Chris Rock is a goat. It was actually three goats. On stage, two real comedians and a brand. Cause my thing about Kevin Hart is y'all can call him funny if you want, and that's my Smurf brother, and he is funny. But I I truly believe he is the first comedian that the white people call on not to do comedy. They ask him to do hosting. <laughs> yeah. They over here like, yo, Kevin, no, 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 no. I know you're good on stage. We want you to host celebrity game night. You want to do that on VH1? We'll give you $8 million. Okay, call you later. See, we love you. We love you. But anyway, Kevin Hart gives Chris Rock a goat. And I'm with Keisha. Why you don't give him an ass instead? You know what I'm saying? She just gave him a donkey because are you saying that a goat slapped Chris Rock? Because he named him Will Smith and that had the place go crazy. I don't even know why. Like for me, this wasn't a funny joke and this was a comedian. But it's the brand. It's not the comedian. Talk to me. I agree. Talk to me. I agree. Talk so, to me. So, so just a quick rundown, of course. There were three legends, two comedians, and, and a brand on stage. Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. So as the show was closing, you know, they're all up there. They're giving their improv jokes, going off each other. Really funny stuff. But then Kevin Hart brings a goat on stage to present to Chris Rock. As we all thought, oh, we, of course, Chris Rock is a goat. Of course, Dave Chappelle is like, yo, what are you going to name this goat? And Kevin Hart replies, Will Smith. Ha 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 ha. 
Now, of course, I really didn't get the goat. Uh, I didn't get the goat. I didn't get the joke. And I, I, honestly, I don't even think it was a joke. I think it was just one of them little, you know, one of them little snap shady things because I guess if there was a punchline, it's not necessarily to call Will Smith a goat, but to call him a goat, if that makes sense. No, like, that doesn't make sense. What What are you saying? We, You know what no. the goat is in black America? You know what that is? That's I, greatest I of all time. I know, but at the same time, you have to understand who's making this line. It's Kevin Hart. He's he's had he has ascended outside of black culture. So his punchlines and jokes may not be exactly how we see it. So we know the GOAT, the greatest of all time. But he had a literal GOAT and named him Will Smith. Like Will Smith is an actual mammal, mammalian GOAT. And so it was like, oh, okay. Maybe that's just one another little shady thing there. But all right. I'm done I, with I you, Dante. Dante, I'm done with you. Keisha, Keisha, help me, help me make sense. Help me make sense of this. We want to make sense. All right. So I don't believe that he was bringing a goat up there to even talk about Will Smith or anything like that. I think he was just saying Chris Rock is the goat. And when he was asked what the name was, he said Will Smith because of the situation with Chris Rock. So I don't think it was, it started off as a joke. I think it might have just been him trying to be like, you know, I feel like you the goat or whatever. And then, you know, he got a little petty. All right, Keisha, fine, fine. Whatever you say, we're about to get up out of here. We're about to land this plane. So real quick, to the two of you, what is the real name of Chris Rock's new goat? Dante, go. August. Damn. <laughs> bang, bang. Keisha, go. Jada Pickett. I was going to say that. <laughs> Great wine, take it light. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the Fastest Rising podcast. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is some pilot right here. 